If you have thyroid eye disease and you can't get any shut eye because you can't shut your eyes, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. Welcome to the Talking Single Podcast, a podcast featuring four strong, single and successful women, raised in Lagos, now living in London. Each week, we share our stories and experiences about being women, navigating life, love, and everything in between. We address stereotypes, misconceptions, and even bust some myths about singlehood. Oh, and we do all that with a good dose of fun and a whole lot of style. I'm Keisha, the unconsciously uncoupled unromantic, and I'll be this week's host. Joining me are the other talking single ladies. Rebe, the cautious romantic, balancing life on her own terms. Crystal, the recovering love addict, now happily single. Rashida, single and ready to mingle. Her heart is newly reopened for love. Our podcast is called Talking Single, simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Talking Single podcast. Today's topic is the misogyny of the vagina. It's, um, it's a topic quite close to my heart, so... I hope we do it a bit of justice. We might have to revisit it because it's, um, there's a lot of facets to it. Um, I've got my three girls with me. So, hey. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So where do I start? Um, I picked this topic because coming from a patriarchal society, I lived with the feeling that my vagina was considered dirty. Um, the advice given to me as a young woman was always about wash it out with lemon, douche it, use scented wipes, special deodorants, you know, like it's dirty. It needs to be like clinically cleaned. Um, but medically speaking, I don't think these cleansing materials are actually needed. And, um, I did a bit of research and got a quote from the NHS website, which states, the vagina is designed to keep itself clean with the help of natural secretions, discharge. The website also specifically advises that you don't need douches or vagina wipes. So why are we always perfuming it and douching it and all that business? I mean, I've come to learn that this is part of a wider problem whereby the female anatomy is constantly being subtly attacked or deemed inadequate. Women have long been seen to be unclean. Um, And there's so much misinformation out there that leads to women feeling the need to deep clean their vaginas or steam it or um, douche it. I mean, there's even... That's a bad word, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's a dirty that. word to me, yeah. honestly. I do what's not like that word. What's a dirty word? Douching. Douching. It can only yeah. be a thing, bad yeah. bag. When you're insulting. Exactly, douchebag. I mean, douchebag, like, oh, yeah. Douche so. Or a cunt, like, oh, you're a cunt. Exactly. Wow. Such yeah. a, yeah, it's, it's, it's such it's a bad thing. Thing, exactly. No, it really is. And I'm happy you brought that up. Um, because bottom line is, this leads, I mean, there's even like strawberry vagina yogurt available what? for what? sale. Oh, yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's supposed to like <laughs> eat it. Or uh, 
make, make your vagina taste of strawberries. I do not yeah. think that is what was meant to. Like, it's, no. I vagina mean, is not supposed to taste of strawberries. Come on, let's, let's be it. real. It's supposed it. to taste like vagina. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean... So oh, no. wow, stuff like when someone is being timid, you'll be like, "Don't be a pussy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and um, pussy, pussy aids nothing if timid because that pussy brings out a child. There's nothing Thank timid you. about that. It's strong, oh, it's elastic. <laughs> you know, it can take a battering, so to speak. But yeah, women are always trying to tighten it, like with creams, sticks. Yoni pills, or you know, has anybody heard of yoni pills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like tell, tell us. The steaming, the steaming. Have you have you guys seen those um Instagram posts where these women sell this steam bath? So they they look like these um air purifiers, but they're for your vagina. So you sit you on it for thirty minutes a day. And what's and that you're, supposed you're pushing to do? steam up your vagina, basically. Yeah, to kind of cleanse it. Right. Cleanse yeah. it from what exactly? Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I watched a documentary and in Ethiopia, when brides are getting married, they create that steam for them and they put lots of perfumes in it and they sit in it. And apparently the scents, I don't know what they put in the mm-hmm. steaming because it was a long time ago I watched this documentary, but the scents go into your, right into your vagina. Does it come out in your mouth? <laughs> <when> you <throw? laughs> It almost sounds it almost sounds like that. It goes right into your vagina and then on your wedding night you're smelling of perfume. Oh so wow. it's an Ethiopian tradition, apparently. But yeah, but yeah it's, it's become really common. It's become really common now, um, all of a sudden. Especially when I mean I've said it already, medically it is self-cleaning. So Lots of it, I think, is stemmed in tradition and culture. Because I'm sure you guys know also when women just have babies, they make them steam their um, vagina as well to tighten it up and yeah. heal after tears and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, the last thing you'd need, after, oh, I've never had a child, so I don't know, but I'd imagine that the last thing you need after having a baby tearing in your nether regions is another set of hot heat steam going up there going up. so guys what's your personal experience with these vag- vaginal products i mean have you used them uh, what type specific did you use um can you remember what made you buy the product in the first place i mean what was, what was your thought process um rashida what do you think yeah so for me i think when i was in uni i used to use this particular brand of um vaginal wash and I used it consistently because I just assumed, yeah, it was gentler for my vagina. Then at some point I became broke and I stopped buying it and I just never went back to it because I just realized I don't need any of these products. And was your vagina just fine? <laughs> if anything, it's been performing better since then. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I, I remember being told to um, douche when I was quite young and you know I used to actually do it and then I, I I now was trying to find out why why you know why do we why do I need to do this and I realized there was actually never any reason for it so I think that was my only time of experience of feeling that need to 
cleanse or disinfect my vagina. And I was like, since then, I've just realized it's just not necessary. But I mean, there are just so many products out there. I mean, what's your experience, um, Ruby? Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I hear what uh, Rashida said. I think uh, I remember growing, when I was growing up, you would see certain ads on the TV that would tell you about how important it is to clean your vagina because what comes out of it isn't great. So that area needs to be cleaned. Just trying to be uh, PC at the moment. But we the truth of the matter that. is we know that the vagina is self-cleansing. We know that there is no need to do anything. However, I think there's also this lack of understanding about the female body because there, there does come a time when, as a woman, your body goes through changes. And then you can have things like thrush or irritations. And then you start to think, oh, I need to clean it. Um, and, and it's just an irritation and that, that does require treatment. But generally, your body, your body doesn't need, your vagina doesn't need anything else. What you use to clean your body normally is enough. But not understanding the difference between I have a, an ailment that needs treatment specifically and my general health and well-being doesn't need anything. I think that's where we start to see the difference. And I think also when women start menstruating or girls start menstruating and having their period, that is a period where they don't get a lot of information and they think, oh, I need to clean my, my vagina specifically. Exactly. So I think a, apart from the point of tradition and, you know, these things also contribute to this belief that the vagina is, di is dirty or needs additional cleansing, which it, it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Much. I mean, what's your take, Crystal? Yeah, I totally agree um, with you, Ruby. There's not, there's a lot, uh, a lack of education on your vagina, how to clean it, that it cleanses itself even. And um, I remember one of my, one of my aunties, she had trush. And also trush can be because you're using the wrong products, probably using Detour. You know how exactly. Nigerians love to use Detour mm. and clean ourselves. So she, so she had trush. And then at the time, there's this green, there's this little green tube that Nigerians use for their face. Because it was so itchy, she put it in her vagina. Whoa. Oh my God! Her legs were up in the air. Whoa! <laughs> oh my God! She was in so much pain. She was screaming and fanning her vagina. And I was really young. I was really young at this time. I was literally on the floor laughing. <laughs> I would have been a case of fried bottom. Wow. I was literally on the floor laughing because I didn't understand anything oh about God. trust. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah. So you can imagine how people have done so much damage to yeah. themselves down there because of lack of education. We need to teach our children about their vaginas yeah make yeah. them aware of it make them understand it's not dirty and make them understand how to look after it really yeah exactly yeah. exactly pretty yeah. much um okay um on the opposite end of the scale um some studies that i've read online state that women are actually afraid to look at their vagina so in fact there's a 2016 study that revealed that only 56% of British women were able to locate the vagina on the diagram. Huh? Exactly. Mm. In, in addition to biology. That, I know, right? Come, wait, sorry, rewind. They could not locate the, 
the vagina that they have. That's right. And they could not locate it. Bear in mind, bear in mind, the vagina is the name for the whole thing. You do have the clitoris, the labia. I get get that, but I'm like, was the drawing not clear? Because I don't understand how... (laughs) You cannot generally. It's where your legs, um, your hips meet your legs. So is that in that general area? So <laughs> okay, okay. Like that's quite interesting and scary, actually. <laughs> well, fifty-six percent. Like you know, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I didn't go into the study, um, but I, I, I would like to wonder what pictures they were showing these ladies, and you know what they were thinking for them to pick this out the way they did. Hmm. But yeah. Then on the, on, on the other hand, um, half of Britons could not identify or describe the function of the urethra. 58% didn't know what it was for. The labia itself, 47% didn't know what it was for. Or the vagina, 52% didn't know what it was for. So what's your anatomy knowledge like, ladies? Can you answer so, those questions? Yeah. So let me tell you, let me tell oh, you about my, girl. let me tell you about my Woo! niece. We're about to get my school. niece. <laughs> she is eight or she's mm-hmm. going to be eight. And during lockdown, I was staying with them, right? And she came up to me. She was like, Auntie Crystal, I have a wheelie in my vagina. And I was like, no, you don't. You don't have a wheelie in your vagina. She was like, yes, I do. I studied it. Okay. (laughs) These are the kind of children that are coming up behind us. They're studying their vaginas. And when she said that, I was like, "Uh, okay, don't speak to your mother. So I called her mom and I said, look, this is what your daughter has been saying. And her mom was like, right. We need to get you educated. And a few weeks later, mm-hmm. their mom went on the internet, brought out the diagram, showed them what a vagina looks like, what a penis looks like, the function of the vagina, and mm-hmm. this is what needs. I wish my mother had done the same, or my aunties, or anyone had done the same for me, but it's not true. Everything I know about my vagina, I have learned myself. And that is a problem, I think. Yeah. Our parents or upcoming parents need to start educating their children about sex and about their vaginas earlier on. Just a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because they know, I mean, a seven-year-old already knows that she has something that looks like a willy in her vagina. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hardcore. Wow. Hardcore. But I, I, I will put it to you that I'm not sure all of us can actually label and answer these things so when, when we say can you describe the function of the urethra i mean do we all know yes okay go i think go, i go. do okay yes, yeah that's isn't that the path to the bladder that is a path to the bladder i think so that's where we comes out from but. pretty much yeah pretty much pretty much um I had but, a yeah. biology. Thank you, biology teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's something we all need to think about and at least just yeah. familiarize ourselves with. So a little homework for you girls, you know, yeah. like go find out what the function of everything is, the urethra, the labia, the vagina, you know, let's school Clips. ourselves and know what's up. The clit, so you can Clips, school definitely, guys. Definitely. <laughs> you can school your partner on how to work it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, but in another survey, in the 2013 survey, 
um, of a thousand American women aged between 18 and 40 found that 40% were unfamiliar with the ovulatory cycle. No. So, yeah. What does that mean? What What did they mean? They're unfamiliar with the ovulatory cycle. But I think maybe I didn't look at the questions that were asked. But I think it might be a case. And to be fair, and I I, th- I think this is very true because how many people know that you know you you're fertile after you menstruate, then your egg is formed at a certain point, and all those kinds of things. That entire cycle. Um, and the days in between are you familiar with it do you keep track of it are you aware of it you know there are apps for these things you know very I used to I used to have an app that used to keep track of my menstrual cycle so tell you when you're fertile when you're going to menstruate okay things about your moods and stuff so there are apps for these things if you don't I think when I was I think 16 or 17 my sister just called me one day and she was like, well, there's something you need to know. I'm like, okay. So she then taught me how to calculate your um, safe period when mm-hmm. you're ovulating and stuff. And for me, that was amazing news. Like, oh, I didn't know you could do this. But because I was 17, 18, 19, and most of my friends there having sex at that time, mm-hmm. I took it upon myself to start teaching all my friends how to calculate this safe period. So okay. you're welcome, friends. <laughs> but, and I think my sister did that to just kind of ensure, which I'm grateful to, to just ensure that I, if for whatever reason I was having sex, I was able to inform myself and protect myself from well, pregnancy. And mm-hmm. also we talked about other birth control as well. So at that point, I was lucky to have someone that actually told me about calculating the safe period and ovulatory cycles hmm. yeah so I knew That's that good. very early on but there was never anything for my parents I didn't learn that early I learned that sort of after uni pretty much um and then I got an app much later in life that could actually do it for you and by using the app you sort of learn how everything works but I really didn't, at the age of 18, I didn't know. I don't think I knew until sort of maybe my late 20s. So I'm one of those people in that study. Well, I I taught myself. Um, I certainly didn't hear it from my mom or my sister. I I was, uh, when my period started, you know, I was a bookaholic. I would just find a book and I would read and I would track myself. And then I got an app, but I, I learned to to write it down. And I still do <laughs> till today. I still write it down and I still use an app because I think, mm. you know, we've said this before, you know, it's your body, it's your responsibility to inform yourself. Um, so even from a young age, I was like, no, I need to understand what the hell is going on with my body and I'm going to find out. Um, I think my dad was shocked when he saw me reading a book about the female anatomy and the menstrual cycle. And he was like, mm. what is going on here? <laughs> but hey you know you do what you need to do that's right and it, it's pretty sad that um there's this sort of lack of knowledge about the female anatomy and it'll be I mean what are your thoughts on how that can be improved because if we're all either learning ourselves or you know we're not learning it within our homes and learning it outside our homes that's you know definitely not a good thing so mm-hmm. how can this how can we make this better in general I think 
is it change as all as I'll get also philosophical now. Change always starts with you and I. So yeah. I think the real change will start with all of us within our circles. You talk more about these um different issues and the ovulatory cycle and all of these different things with your friends so people within their circles get more confident and comfortable talking about it then you have a fighting chance that when these men and women have kids they'll actually be able to talk to their kids openly yeah, yeah. if that doesn't happen then i don't see how things will change yeah I, lo- I love what your sister-in-law did, Crystal. Like, just sat her down yeah. and walked her through, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty much what's needed, isn't it? That's pretty what's much. needed, yeah, when, yeah. They're, when they're aware. But I don't know how um, African parents are raising their kids these days, but if that was a Nigerian kid in my day, she would have got a slap. Yeah, yeah. Or just told to she shut up and be quiet. She probably would have said it to her mom. She would have told to her friend, oh, do you know I have a wheelie? They may have said it because, you know, you're innocent. You're not thinking this is a bad thing. She she may have said it to her parents, but they would have been like, shut up. Mm. Shut up. But this is the point where they're being aware and they're noticing their bodies. So you need to teach them about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a... (laughs) As of today, there's uh, many articles confirming that uh, women's sexual and reproductive organs are one of the biggest sources of gender oppression. So, you know, like you mentioned, like any word related to the vagina, it tends to be negative, like douche or cunts, you know, calling a guy a pussy because he's weak. When Mm. we know the vagina is not weak. I mean, there's like first world examples like vaginal rejuvenation and labiaplasty when people just want to rebuild it and remake it to make it look quote unquote pretty but we all know they are coming all shapes and sizes. and who defined that standard of beauty for a vagina um i mean and there's also more dire examples like menstrual banishment where women are in some cultures, women are sent away when they're menstruating, yeah. you know. It's not just not as well, religion as well. Religion as well, yeah. And even period poverty, where people, you know, do not, cannot afford to even buy period products because they're considered non-essential or for whatever reason. I mean, there's also female genital mutilation mm-hmm. and vagina shaming in general that, mm-hmm. you know, your vagina mm-hmm. looks a certain, your vagina looks a certain way and that way is not, socially acceptable and I just you know it's 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 a it's a a gender oppression very specific to women and um their female reproductive organs um I was reading an article about a lady who's um who mentioned that her mum um used to call her vagina meat hooks just out you know in jest but I mean that vagina shaming I mean what, why is that even a conversation? And why does her vagina looking different from someone else's make mm-hmm. it bad or quote unquote ugly? Mm-hmm. Um, have oh, you guys been vagina shamed? Let yeah, me interrupt. I'm sorry. So during my um, one of the classes I took to train as a relationship and sex educator, they showed pictures of different forms or different women with their privates out. So mm-hmm. shaved on, shaved vagina, regular labia as the dangling labia, tiny extended um, vulvas and stuff. 
So they ranked them and they asked the secondary school kids to determine, to pick on what they are, they see as a normal vagina. Most of the kids, because they, well, they think because of the influence of porn, only picked the women's vagina, um, women's parts that were shaven and the even vagina. Any other thing that had a tiny wisp of hair or a full bush or long um, labia, they were just considered ugly and dirty. So as part of sex education, kids are being taught that the vagina comes in different forms and shapes and women don't have to shave to be beautiful or considered good partners, sexual oh, partners. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Kids as young as 12, 11. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, but wow. they feel, I guess, it could possibly be the influence of porn because most women in porn are yeah. fully shaven with perfectly, so-called perfectly formed um, vaginas. And if you look at it from the guy's perspective, if that's what they're used to seeing, if they see anything other than that, then for them, that's not the norm. So that's a whole different issue. I mean, yeah. if, if you, I mean, have you ever been shamed by anybody, a guy or a woman, that your vagina just did not look a certain way or, you know, or for any reason? Um, Ruby, what, what about you? What's your experience? No, I've never been uh, vagina shamed. Uh, I'm trying to think of any experiences that I've had or I've seen where vagina shaming has occurred. And I honestly say I, can't, I cannot think of one. What I am aware of is, uh, is this behavior of as if the vagina doesn't exist, <laughs> mm. where it's not discussed at all. It's as if everything below the waistline and before your thighs is um what's 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 the word is is, is zero is nothing mm. you know i think that i think is often what i come across or i see than than exactly vagina shaming and i don't think that's any better really you know yeah. assuming it's not mm-hmm. there or shaming it is yeah it's still coming from a space of ignorance yeah definitely um Risto, what do you think here before i talk about vagina shame i just wanted to mention that um the UK government actually in 2020 has just scrapped um, tax on tampons and sanitary pads. Yeah. Where before, yeah, in 2020. So you can imagine before they were categorized as non-essential luxury goods. Can you imagine? They are essential. So I just want to say that. And this is what we're talking about in terms of gender oppression. I mean, yeah. really, why are we being taxed for something that's part of our monthly routine for every woman, basically? It's crazy. And the argument has been going on for ages, but this just happened in 2020. And that says a lot. Mm -hmm. That says a lot. lot, 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 lot. I mean, I personally have not been vagina shamed. um, Apart from, well, maybe I've I've been told you are small down dear. And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? That's and the funniest thing I've heard. I know, right? Like, That's a weird I, I thing to say. Very. And I couldn't process it at the time. I just, I think I just blew it off. But I think I'm like, sometimes I wonder where these things come from. And, and you're right. Does it 
I mean, is it porn? Is this society in general that feels that you just have to say something for the sake of saying something? I, I don't even understand it. So, it's but I, I have to say, it didn't have any lasting impression. It was just more yeah. like a, a weird thing. It's like, you know, your ears are too small. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And bye. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say my vagina shaming story. Oh, um, go ahead, please. So yeah, good there, one. There, there is a well. There's this guy who I used to date casually, and he used to go on and on about how women from certain cultures, and I'm not going to name the culture, have smelly vaginas. Ooh. And he said it once, and I was like, he said it the second time, and I was like, look, <laughs> <laughs> any man ever opens his mouth and tells mm-hmm. him a vagina smells that will be the last day he ever is me and he <laughs> just kept he just kept quiet but that thing going around about oh this person's yeah. vagina smells that person's vagina smells among some men is just really ignorant and stupid. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and I think it's also perpetuated in a way by, as I as I said, it's a society thing. Why are we flavoring it with strawberries and perfuming it? Yeah, I mean, exactly. If if if, if a guy thinks it's meant to be perfumed and strawberry flavored and pineapple flavored and you know mango flavored, then you know if it smells and tastes like a normal vagina, then they'll be like, oh, that's not normal. But meanwhile, the converse is the crazy thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I have never been vagina shamed, but I've, by other people, but I, I'm not sure if you agree with me, but sometimes I've shamed myself by holding myself to impossible standards. Whereas if you're maybe going on a date or you're hanging out with someone and it could potentially lead to sex, you're like, oh God, I've got one strand of hair. I must wax it off or before a big date, you must wax or you must keep your your privates completely hair-free. But those are things that, to be honest, where... If I feel like it perpetuates the um, thing where it's like if there's any hair in your vagina or if anything, then you're dirty and dirty. It's ugly and it's smelly and you're not going to get any sex. But the truth is, if you're going on a date and your bum is hairy, fine. Yeah. And we don't hold, do we hold men up to the same standards? Like, you know, if a guy doesn't shave and is totally bare, you know, like, doesn't doesn't matter exactly so why i think there is a there is a line you know i i just bring in some spectrum into this into this conversation and just looking at the other side i i do think though that uh to to the point that rashida was making it really is up to personal preference you guys know i'm all about you know if you if you can deal with the consequences of your choice and you're not breaking any laws have at it but if, if you are the kind of person that you want to be, you want to have a Hollywood bikini line and you don't want to have any hair there and you're going on a date and you've just not kept yourself trimmed as you normally would, then by all means, trimming yourself does not mean that you're vagina shaming yourself. Yeah, it just means that that's your preference. Yeah, I get but that. If, but- if you are the kind of person that normally goes, you know, full bush mode and because you want somebody to think about you in a particular way, you then alter what you do then that is something to 
consider and saying, why am I doing that? If you cannot accept me the way I am, that I like, then there is a problem here. And you I think sometimes know. women can overdo these things because we want to be accepted. We want to, we, we kind of contort ourselves into all of these things because we want to yeah. be accepted. Having yeah. said that, I also do think that uh, the guys also have their own, you know, um, what's the word, penis shaming going on. Because you do have people saying this one is a dickhead. And, you know, you do have expressions like that. I don't think yeah. it is as bad for guys as it is for women. I think women are another extreme. But guys have their own. And I'm sorry, if I see a guy who's got a hairy ass penis, nothing is happening. I'm sorry. If it is like, if the bush is over shrouding the penis, nothing is happening. I'm sorry. I don't want to have to dig through to see where I'm going. So I don't want to get it. Why shot. would your bush overshroud your penis? Like, I'm just exaggerating to make a point. I'm just exaggerating to make a point. I'd like to remove that image from my brain. Yeah. Exaggerating to make a point. Yeah. Look, you know, there are preferences. Yeah, I get that. But I guess what I was trying to explain was for us as women and for, well, I guess for most of us, the general, well, the general idea that we're learning and on, well, we're unlearning is that vaginas come in different form, ways and shapes. And if you right. decide to, to fly the bush flag, then by all means do so. But we cannot, um, well, I cannot ignore the fact that there are some stereotypes that we've been growing, grown up with. Like you, yeah. you must be always clean shaven at every point in time. So I'm on learning that. And if I guess I decide to fly the bush flag or go um, bare, then it's my choice. Not it shouldn't matter exactly. Yeah, yeah. it really and shouldn't that's matter. The point. Personal preference, whatever yeah. works for you, works for and you. And hygiene as well. Please make sure it's clean. Of course, whatever mm -hmm. form or shape you decide to keep it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, what 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 do you? So let me just go through a few um, points. Um, on what we can do to keep the vagina healthy and um, just reiterate the point that the vagina is self-cleaning. So vaginal health is synonymous with making sure you're in good general health, which means having a healthy diet and exercise and um, other than your period as part of your natural menstrual cycle, it is normal to produce clear or white secretions from your vagina. There are lots of good bacteria in the vagina and they're there to protect it. If you don't have clear or white secretions, obviously you need to seek medical help and they will educate you further or they will give you professional advice on what actually is needed. Um, it's also a good idea to avoid perfumed soaps, gels, antiseptics, and things that can sort of affect the healthy balance of bacteria and pH levels in the vagina. Because these things also cause irritation, um, you know, and it's instead, if you can, use plain unperfumed soaps to wash around the area, the vulva itself, gently, pretty much every day. And also practice safe sex. Because definitely every day, by the way. Yeah, every, definitely every day. <laughs> Definitely every day. But yeah, aside from that, it's, it's self-cleaning 
you don't need to douche it, perfume it, steam it. I don't know. Oh, did you, have you guys heard of that? I don't know what it's called. I forget what it's called, but it's like a ball you put in your vagina and some of them have this weights. No, but some of them have this weights where it looks like a bar. So you just put it and the bar is sticking out of your body. So you have to then hold on to the other end within with with your oh, but isn't your that walls. slightly different because you're trying to strengthen you're doing yeah your, yeah your but, you're but the thing with that is the the idea i'd imagine is the kegels alone without any of any external weight device <laughs> is fine you don't need 20 kilograms of weight to strengthen i don't know actually maybe i'm wrong but I'm open to hearing people's comments and thoughts about if anyone's used those weighted items to build the six pack of your vagina. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never used it, but I have heard of it, but I don't know what it's for or whether it's... So, so the, the idea of strengthening your pelvic floor is as, as women get to a certain age, you start to experience bladder leakage. Mm. Um, and so when you strengthen your pelvic floor, you reduce the possibility of having bladder leakage. It's something that's going to be steering all of us in, at some point in the future. So those yeah. Kegel exercises help you firm up your pelvic floor and, yeah. and uh, reduce yeah. the possibility of um, bladder leakage and having to wear these uh, feminine care pads and all of that stuff. So okay. that is the, that's the idea. That could be a different episode that we talk about because that is a good thing to do. If you want it is, to, yeah, it is. To. But my the point I was trying to make is all these extra things that we've been told to use to strengthen the floor, the muscles of your um, cervix or uterus or I don't know which one you strengthening. Strengthening is as in I'm not certain that they. I don't know, but from the little I think it was a while during the lockdown when I was just looking through and reading the different reviews. I'm not sure it's there that's more beneficial than just tightening and relaxing squeezing and relaxing squeeze relax (laughs) it's just like exercise you know different exercises work for different people so if squeezing and relaxing works for you have at it if using uh, an instrument works for you have at it you know i think the critical thing is to to figure out what works for you I guess. And then Crystal go for it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know myself, you know, but Crystal, when the time comes, we will figure it out. You're doing kegels. You've got I was. Face I, like was I remembered. I remembered. So I was like, oh, tight it. <laughs> apparently, apparently also, it's also good when having sex. Just a tip mm-hmm. for you guys there. Oh, God. Let me write sure? that down. <laughs> notes. Taking notes. <laughs> So guys, now it's time for our rapid fire section and I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to give each of the ladies just 30 seconds to answer the question. Okay. So it's going to need to be quick and sharp, right? Just to make sure they're telling us the truth. (laughs) They don't have time to think. (laughs) All right. So Crystal, have you ever looked at your own vagina? Why? And if not, why not? Yes, I have. I don't know why. I was probably studying it like my niece. <laughs> runs, studying runs in the family. <laughs> Rashida. Yeah. Yep, I have. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just, I guess it was one of those afternoons I was just bored. I'm like, ah, what's down there? <laughs> With your legs strategically placed and then you're like, huh. So I had those things there. Mm. Mm, interesting. Okay. Really? Of course. I had a mirror as well. Like, what's down there? If I open this, what's inside there? <laughs> if I put my hand here, what happens? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was exploring curiosity. Yes, girl. There yes. You go. There you go. Yes. There you go. There you Every go. time. I think we should do it more often as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In case, exactly. In case you grow wheelies down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. Your turn, Keisha. Um, definitely yes. And I, even with a magnifying glass, I had like a big oh my magnifying wow. glass. <laughs> And I, and you know, I, I think I was quite young at the time. So first, I, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. So I, I sort of stood over the magnifying glass, realized I couldn't see. Then I had to sort of contort myself, you know, in different <laughs> positions. Then I had to go and lie down and say, okay, when I figured out that I could lie down and do it, I was like, all right, that's what <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> so it was, yeah, exploratory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, good, good. At least. You know, it's good to know we've all done it. <laughs> yeah. And anyone who hasn't, please do it. Get a magnifying glass, get a mirror. Just do it. Oh, you yeah, can use like many mirrors strategically positioned if you need to s- a 3D view. <laughs> Whatever the girl talking you. about. <laughs> <laughs> 3D Whatever view. floats your boat, just look at it and touch it. There we go. There we go. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Talking Single podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow us on Instagram with the handle at Single Talks Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Talking Single. We are downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a great review, and of course, share with your family and friends. We'd also love to hear from you, so leave us your comments or questions. And do remember to tag us on any post with the hashtag SingleTalks. Take care and see you next week. Same time, same place.